All right. Well, now I'm going to draw your attention back to uh, the Word of God and the message for the day. Uh, I invite you to pray with me as we take some time to reflect on God's Word. Uh, Jesus, we come now and we open your Word and as we take but a few moments to reflect on these truths, I pray that you would encourage us, reveal to us through your Holy Spirit that which you have for us today. Help us to be faithful in living for you, in loving you, and in serving you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles and would like to follow through the text, uh, you can open to Matthew chapter 5. And in Matthew chapter 5, we've been going through a summer series on the Beatitudes that our Lord taught to his disciples, which is part of a greater sermon that he preached called uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And I want to remind you that the Beatitudes are really attitudes of the heart, their character traits of those who belong to the family of God and are part of the kingdom of God. What they are not is the way upon which we enter into the kingdom of God. We enter the kingdom of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we trust Jesus to forgive us of our sin, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, he plants within us his Holy Spirit. He renews us and gives us a new life and he ushers us into his family. And as we're adopted into the family of God, we become part of the kingdom of God. And then what God wants for us is to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth as we enjoy fellowship with God and as we share Jesus with others. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, we read of this beatitude, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Clearly, what Jesus is saying here is that when it comes to knowing God, our heart matters to God. Jesus cares about your heart, and he cares deeply about your heart. As we look through the Bible, what we discover, the heart is the core of, at the core of who we are spiritually. And our heart is informed through our mind, and oftentimes the mind is a reference point to the heart because what is in our mind tends to be revealed through our actions in the life that we live. I want to remind you that Jesus is a master carpenter and that his greatest desire is to enter into your life and begin a transforming work in your life upon which he remodels you from the inside out. He remodels your heart and he renews it and he restores it and he makes it different than before you knew Jesus. In giving you a new heart, God's desire is that we live transformed lives. And that's what this beatitude is really all about. It's all about heart transformation. Religion changes what we do. But the gospel 
And Jesus Christ changes why we do what we do. It changes our perspective. It changes our mind. It changes our heart. So that the reason we do the things that God wants us to do becomes a reflection of our obedience to the word and the spirit, which is truly demonstrated to God as an act of love for God. Jesus wants to be first in your life and in mine. He wants your single-minded devotion. He does not want to be an add-on to your life. He doesn't want to be convenient in your life. He doesn't want to be a benevolent factor in your life. And what I mean by that is he doesn't want to be the person you turn to simply when you have a need. And and, and when you don't have a need, you have no need for God. Jesus cares that our heart's devotion to him is undivided and undefiled. And in his evaluation of our lives, he doesn't look at the externals. He looks internal. He looks at our heart. If we were to survey the Bible, there's a lot we could say about this, but I'm just going to give you an Old Testament and a New Testament example of how important the heart is to God. In the Old Testament, we read about a time when God chose the first king of Israel. His name was Saul. Out of disobedience and a divided heart, Saul lost his position as king of Israel. And God chose to appoint a new king to Israel. And in the choosing, he also chose a prophet Samuel to appoint that king. And so Samuel went in search of this king, and we know this king to be David. David had many brothers, and Samuel actually thought maybe The brothers of David were to be the ones to be king. And we read in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. Who God rejected as king was one of David's brothers. God goes on to say, The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Again, in the New Testament, God reveals the importance of our heart. When Jesus confronts some religious leaders of his day, this is a hard confrontation. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. This is in Matthew 23. Jesus again says, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites! 
For you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. God cares about your heart and mine. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, we read this, Above all else, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Who you are, what you do, who you are becoming is reflected in your heart. You can put on a mask and you can fool a lot of people. But the one thing you can't do is fool God. He sees through our masks. He sees through our facades because he sees our heart. Our heart matters to God. Spiritually speaking, a pure heart means having a single-minded devotion to God. It means to love God with all of you, not just some of you some of the time. The greatest commandment we read about in the Bible is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. Purity of heart means that you're no longer disconnected from God by something that you have allowed to defile your relationship with him. Purity of heart means that we choose not to allow sin, and contaminants into our life that will hinder our walk with God. God wants nothing more than to transform your life, to give you a pure heart, an undivided heart, to walk with you, to talk with you, to be your friend. God wants that for you. He wants an intimate and personal relationship with me, and he wants one with you. And the way we enter that relationship is through the the, the gospel, which is all about Jesus and what he's done for us. If we try to live perfectly, the weight of our perfection will crush us. That's religion. But if we live obediently, the freedom that comes when we obey God's word becomes an expression of love for God and a freedom for our soul. What I'm not talking about today is cleaning up the externals so that your life can get right with God. What Jesus is talking about today, if you want to see him, you got to clean up the inside. 
So here's a question that I want to just give you this morning. What is the depth of your devotion to God? If I was to give you the big idea of this beatitude, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. It's this. God's desire is that we live with a pure heart. Someone with a pure heart has a single-minded devotion to God that will bring peace with God and positively direct the person's thoughts, feelings, and actions towards the will of God. A pure heart will result in living an honest and transparent life before God and before others. When you woke up this morning, did you put on the mask before you left the house? Or did you leave it behind? Ladies, I'm not talking about your makeup. I see what you've done. (laughs) And men, if you put makeup on today, shouldn't have done that. Don't do that. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. I want to remind you that what Jesus is talking about is somebody who's already in the kingdom. The first point I want to make this morning is that it's God's desire for us that we pursue purity. Pursue purity. We pursue purity of heart when nothing else gets in the way of our pursuit of God. We're single-mindedly devoted to God. Our spouse doesn't come before God. Our children don't come before God. Our jobs don't come before God. Our friendships don't. Our selfish ambitions or desires, nothing comes first in our life but God. And I'll be the first to admit, is the daily struggle for me. That's why Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must pick up your cross and die to yourself daily. It's a daily battle. We pursue God and purity by not allowing or simply removing any impurities or sin in our life that actually hinder our walk with God. I mean, sometimes, do you ever just ask God, like, like, oh, God, take this away from me. This temptation is overwhelming. I'm tired of committing this sin over and over again, and then I'm sorry, and I do it again. Oh, I do. Sometimes it's just how I treat my wife or my kids or my neighbors, something like that. I mean, I know some of you guys in here, you're like, it's the drink, or some of you ladies, it's the glass of wine, or maybe some of you, and I'm not opposed to drinking, but you shouldn't get drunk on anything. Don't subject yourself to that. Some of you, it's pornography, and you're just like, I can't believe I did it again. But you see, I want to I remind you of something. God's given you all you need to remove the impurities from your life. We beg and plead God to do the very thing God says, no, it's now your responsibility to do. 
God won't say no for us. But he will give us all we need to say no. God won't remove that sin from your life. He's expecting you to remove that sin from your life. What God will do with that sin is forgive it when you remove it. Don't put your responsibility on God. Do your part. I have to do mine too. When we think of the externals in our life, there's the, the moral realities of like greed and selfish ambition and lust. We, we, we got to take care of business. There's the cultural pressures that become contaminants like money and power and position and prominence. I mean, these are the things that the world says you should pursue them. And Jesus says, no, you should be humble. You should be last. You should be a servant. And if you want God to, or money to be your God, then I cannot be. There's the spiritual contaminants like our pride. I mean, I know best. And if only God would have asked me. <laughs> and then there's idolatry where, where we put things and people in the place of God and, and we worship it and we don't even always know that. There's the need to recognize that if we don't know Jesus and who he is based on what the word of God says about him and we're making Jesus into who we want him to be or how we feel he should be or how he should be to me, when we make Jesus somebody he's not, we are worshiping an idol. Jesus teaches about inner purity in Matthew chapter 15. And, and, and his point is simply that there's a lot of externals we want to focus on, but it's not in the externals that our life is clean. It's on the internals, and actually it comes from the mind. It begins here. Jesus says in Matthew 15, 16 through 20, he says, don't you understand yet? Jesus asked, anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. But the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts and murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you. For eating with unwashed hands will never defile you. It's not about the externals. It's all about the heart. If you were to eat a poor diet and stop exercising, something's going to happen to you. And I'll just be really brief. You're going to get high cholesterol and you're going to clog your arteries and you're probably going to have a stroke or a heart attack. Now, I just really simplified that, I think. What is a doctor going to tell you about helping your heart condition when your arteries are clogged and your cholesterol is high, 
he or she is going to tell you, you need to eat a better diet and you need to start exercising. You need to stop putting all the impurities and contaminants in your mouth that are negatively affecting your heart. Spiritually speaking, it is no different. For what you put in your mind is a reflection of your heart that comes out. And what Jesus is saying is, you need a better diet and you need to exercise. And your diet should consist of the word of God, spiritually speaking, spending time in prayer, communing with the Holy Spirit, exercising your faith through the deeds that you do that are not the things to earn anything, but become the expression of God's love for you. There's just four simple things I'm going to give you that I think will be advantageous to living pure before God. The first is confess your sin. Confess your sin. It's that simple. The word of God tells us, if you confess your sin to Jesus, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The second one, make a covenant with your eyes. Job did this in the Old Testament. A covenant with her eyes says, I will not look upon anything that will defile me. I will not look upon a woman with lust. I will not look, I will not look to, I will not look towards, I will not look upon anything but that which is good for me. Make a covenant with your eyes. Your eyes are the window to your soul. What goes in here goes in here and then affects everything inside. The third thing you can do is renew your mind. Renew your mind. What you think becomes who you are. If you think about the things of God, you'll become like God. Let Jesus renew your mind. Live a life of sacrifice. This is Romans chapter 12. The fourth thing, wash yourself in the word. Bible memorization is a big deal. The word will purify us and cleanse us and give us the things we need to think about when it's time to say no to sin and yes to righteousness. Secondly, the promise is that when we have a pure heart, we will see God clearly. Jesus actually took an Old Testament teaching and brought it into his Beatitudes. It comes actually from Psalm 24. I want to read it for you. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord, who may stand in his holy place, only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies, they will receive the Lord's blessings and have a right relationship with God their Savior. This is the beatitude. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Jesus just condensed it. Morally, culturally, spiritually speaking, contaminants that enter our lives actually cloud our view of God. 
Have you ever lived as a Christian and then wondered, God, where are you? I don't see you. I don't hear you. I don't feel you. You seem non-existent. Sometimes. That's true in our life because of the sin in our life that has contaminated our life. And when we don't have a pure heart, we can't see God clearly. There's really two big ideas that come from seeing God clearly in this passage. The first is that when you're pure in heart, you will see God someday face to face in eternity, in glory, you're heaven bound. That's first and foremost. If you have a pure heart cleansed by Jesus, you're going to heaven and that's cut and dry. But secondly, God does want a intimate and relational time with you while you're on earth. And he's saying, if you have a pure heart, then we can commune together. We can have fellowship together. We can be intimate together. You can see me clearly as you walk with me and you desire to know my will and you want to know my ways. If you want to be clear in who I am and where I'm leading you and what you're to do with your life, then you must have a pure heart because when you don't, you won't be able to see me. Recently, we've had a lot of contaminants in our air because of the fires, right? From Canada. It's affected a lot of people. But what is a game changer is when the air is purified. What a game changer in our lives as it relates to our relationship with God is when we have a pure heart. Have you ever cleaned your garage and found all the things you've been looking for? I didn't even remember I had this. And man, I could have really used this. And oh, I'm so glad I found this. When we clean up the sin in our life, we see God. We see what he has for us. We see what he has in store for us. We see his will for our lives. We can hear him clearly. We find the things about God that we didn't remember or we didn't know. So my boys and I, actually all of us, the girls like it too, we like to ride motorcycles. So we've got some little dirt bikes. And one of the things that happens when the carburetors get all mucked up and contaminated is the bikes, they just spitter and sputter and they don't run right. And so I've trained at least the boys to come home and say, hey, dad, uh, I think the carburetor's dirty. We need to clean it up. So together we tear it all apart and, and we fix it and, and we put it back together and then we call them one-star wonders because when the contaminants are out, they work the way they're supposed to. And this is true in our relationship with God. When sin is removed from our life because we deal with it, we can see God as he wants us to be seeing him. If you want to walk with God, talk with God, be a friend to God, see God's will for your life, you must live with a pure heart. Listen to how James says this. As we are to draw close to God, 
In chapter four, he says, so humble yourselves before God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. I want to give you a word of hope. In 1 John chapter 1, John writes these words, this is the message we heard from Jesus. And we now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say that we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. That's not really hopeful. That's just really clear. But listen to the hope. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all our sin. When we live in the light, we can be cleansed from our sin, we can enjoy fellowship with God and we can enjoy fellowship with one another. You see, God is more concerned with our inward character that comes from our heart than he is with our outward actions that sometimes are motivated by selfish ambitions. Let me remind you, Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your hearts for everything you do flows from it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and for the gift of life. Thank you that through your son, Jesus, we can even have a pure heart, that we can even experience relationship with you, that we can see you clearly, that we'll see you someday, and that we can enjoy a friendship with you. Bless us now in Jesus' name, amen.